Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Deidre Rodman-Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Song Inside. It is March. It is International Women's Month. And to celebrate International Women's Month on The Song Inside, I am presenting to you ladies whose names begin with L because that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And we have today, all the way from LA, another L word, Leah Paul. What's up, Leah? Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here. I haven't seen you in so long. Yeah, I, I don't know when the last time, maybe like a decade. Could maybe be. something like that. How long have you been out there? It's so crazy. I've been out here since, uh, I think, 2012. Okay, so a decade, I yeah. I, I think I've been out here longer now than I was in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's it like there? It's really nice. I like I like LA a lot. I mean, it's... um. It's very, I, I find it very chill. I have like friends here sometimes who make me laugh because they're like, yeah, I think maybe we need to move out of the city. And I'm like, this isn't the city. This is like, <laughs> it's like my move to the country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I think of city, whenever I, my girls and I say we're going to the city, we're going to Manhattan where it's like buildings, 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 people, people, people. Yeah. When I think of LA, I, mean, I think of more spread like- out. Yeah, it's expensive, like a city, but like, yeah, I I feel like existence is is pretty chill compared to. Yeah, well, I would think possibly having sunshine a lot would do that for you. Yeah. For me, it would. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the weather was like not a factor in my wanting to move out here, but um, I I love it so much. I love what it prompted your move? I um. I feel like I was starting to just get very dark living in New York. Like I, I couldn't, I wanted think, certain things to have happened by a certain time. And I was starting to like lose my optimism that like I was going to kind of have the life I wanted there. And um, then I, I really um, suddenly just was like, I think, I think I got to go. I think like now I, I, it was really impulsive. It was a really impulsive decision and I barely knew anyone out here. And wow, that's inspiring. I think. I mean, like, I can't quite, like, piece it together when I think back on, like, the thought process. But I, I mean, you know, like, New York living can be very hard. And I, mm. I couldn't see a way out of, like, the day job grind. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't always have music-related day jobs. And I was just getting, like, it was just getting hard. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people who are based in New York could relate to what you're saying. Yeah. I got lucky in the sense that I ended up, you know, meeting somebody who has a job job. Yeah. Because I don't know how long I would have lasted here if I had to like pay everything myself with my music or with a day job. I've never, I've been lucky enough to never really have a day job. At one time I thought I might need one just because I'd never had one. I was like, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Um. Because I think as musicians, we're always asking ourselves, what am I supposed to be doing? More of this and more of that. But it's a really hard place to be. Yeah. And it's hard I mean, it's even like, with all that. It's a beautiful, like, magical place. And yeah. I definitely look back on my years there with, like, rose-colored glasses. And I'm so glad I, like, I mean, there are things I miss about it a lot. But um, it can be really tough if you don't, yeah, if you don't have a, a partner who you can... I mean, I have an amazing partner who's a musician, but you know, like, yeah, it was just, um. I think it's just, it's really, it's really tough. And I think sometimes you like, you had that feeling of it's time to go and you answered that call, which I think is, that's, what's really inspiring to me is just, I had the call to come here and I came here with kind of also knowing no one, um, and a different time period maybe than you were here initially because I've been here for a really long time but I think just trusting that thing inside of you even if you're you know you're you're probably going like wait what it's like no go 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 and you went yeah I mean I moved to New York 
like when I was young, feeling that pull and not really knowing many people. And I was like, oh, that was so hard. I'm never doing that again. I'm never going <laughs> to pick up and move and start over. And then uh, I never say never. That. Yeah, but I'm glad I did. I'm, I'm really happy. Living yeah. Yes. Um, it's, it's a good fit. For well, me. it's interesting because the I don't usually jump into the music this quickly, but maybe we should play Warm Streets because it seems kind of like it fits into this topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of relevant. Um, so this is the song I'd asked you to, first of all, let me just, I always just jump in. Let me just say that Leah is a flautist and a composer. And I was trying to liken your music to something today on the website. And I, I kept thinking it reminds me of Debbie Harry meets surf meets kind of outsider art meets chamber pop. <laughs> Oh, I like that. <laughs> I've never heard anything like your pop music and your other music in, in my life. It's so original. <laughs> you have such a unique sound, and I, I love it so much, and I just want everyone to hear it and be playing it all the time because, I mean, you hear – of course, everyone has their own voice. But truly, when I when I was listening to your stuff, I was like, this this is a sound I've I've never heard. I've also been watching a lot of Top Chef. So you know when like the, the judges on Top Chef are like, I've never thought – I've never had this kind of meal before. And you're like, those judges have eaten thousands of meals. So for them to say that is pretty awesome. That's how I felt about that, about yourself. Thank you. That means a lot. That was very long-winded. <laughs> um, but tell me about this album and tell me about this song. So um, this album, I mean, I – I made it a long time ago when I was like, I mean, I wrote most of this music in my mid and late twenties and I'm 41 now. So it was a long time ago. And I, um, I just started kind of writing these songs and I made a bunch of like scrap demos. And then, um, most of these songs I kind of co-produced with um, a friend of mine, Fred Thomas, who has a band called Saturday looks good to me and a lot of other musical projects. And I knew him back from when I was in college in Ann Arbor, he, um, He's a Detroit native. And I, I just loved his pop band, Saturday Looks Good to Me, so much. And um, we became friends. So he worked with me on these songs. Um, and I worked so, so hard on this album. And I had this band called The Bridesmaids. And I used to play a lot of shows in New York. And I, I think I had, like, high hopes for getting this album out. And then I finished the – I can't explain this, but, I, you know, I finished the album. And then – it's so crazy, but I never released it. Like I, I was just going through, like, it was, I was just going through a hard time in New York and feeling like a lot of maybe, I don't know, I've always been very hard on myself and feeling some disappointment about kind of where I was at. And I wanted to maybe release it on a label or have so something happen. And like, it just, and I kind of just moved on and started writing a bunch of like chamber music and didn't release it. And, um, <laughs> And then I recently, Fred reached out to me like two months ago and I hadn't heard from him in a long time. And he was like, oh, wow, about that music we made. And I was like, yes, I'm going to put it up on Bandcamp. And then you reached out to me and I was like, I'm going to put it up on Bandcamp. And um, Whoa. so it's up on Bandcamp. You know what was kind of crazy? I have a, I have a lot that I relate to. Um, hang on, I'm mark this down. I have to edit this out because I have to text my child really quickly because this is so New York. Uh, we ordered Carvel to be delivered <laughs> to the house. And basically my husband's away a lot this spring. So we ordered Taco Bell separately. And then my nine-year-old, my 10-year-old, she's 10 now, was like, I want Carvel. And I was like, I just want you guys to leave me alone. So yes. <laughs> um, and they just have to answer my text to go get it because they left it at the front door. Get Carvel. I feel like such an asshole. Like say so so New York oh. and so like oh, I mean I'm so I, entitled. God, I hate myself right no, now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we all gotta just like take the path of least resistance. I know, I know. Anyway, so I just texted her. Um, I'm just sending my ten year old outside to meet a total stranger <laughs> to get ice cream. <sighs> anyway, but so um, first so of all, I, I wanted to tell you first of all that. I was literally just scrolling through my Facebook friends. I was just thinking, who do I, you know, who do I want on the show? And normally it's just, it's very, it's very clear to me well in advance. Like, oh, I'm going to ask this person, this person. 
and it it kind of stopped on your name and I had such a strong feeling and it, I don't I can't explain it except I just said it's her I need to talk to her which is funny because we've hung out before but it's not like we were always you know in the same bands or anything like that but I just felt so strongly that I wanted to talk to you and I'm hoping it's because this music needs to be out in the world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really do. I, I, like, I was listening back to it, and I was, like, playing some of the songs on ukulele, which I didn't even play at the time. Like, I was just revisiting them, and, I, and, and you know, I've been wanting to make some new music, and I feel like I want to make some stuff maybe more like this again. Yeah. Um, so I was enjoying listening to it, and it was nice to, like, listen to it and feel – proud of it and like, like it, which isn't maybe how I always felt when I yeah. would like back on stuff. I, um, but- I relate to that a lot as well. I also feel like I was really meant to talk to you just for me because I also put out my first pop EP in, in 2009, but I never, I also never put it out and I record, I've worked really hard on it. I worked with Michael Lenhart as you did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Michael. I worked with Michael on this too, actually. Um, and I was pregnant with my first at the time. So I remember I did this huge show at Joe's Pub. And then I just – just nothing happened. It went, didn't go – it was almost like I just put it in a drawer and forgot about it. And it's so, it so makes me so sad. And it, it's – I didn't really realize I had done that until I was talking with you about your album and how – Sometimes we put our whole heart and soul into these things. And then I don't know. I don't even really – I mean, yes, I had a kid, but that's not what it was. It wasn't about that. It was – I just – like, I don't know why. I don't know why we do these things. Yeah. I think – I mean, it's a lot – I think for me it was a lot of reasons. It was like you know, frustration. I mean, I, I think we both are – Yeah. Uh, it's like we both know so many amazing musicians and it, it can, it can seem like everyone is doing so well and, and making all this stuff happen. And I feel like I've always been like an incredibly hard worker and, um, and really put myself out there a lot. And I think at the time I just, I was just a little bit in like kind of a dark. Yeah. Spot it. Um, but it's nice to feel good. It's really nice yeah. to feel good about and I actually did a couple years ago, I was um, speaking at a composer salon and they were talking to me about all my like chamber and classical music I'd written. And um, it was a cool experience where I was getting to present a lot of work. And I mentioned I had a, a pop album and like pe- and everyone wanted like on the spot to hear it. And um, I was and I had, hadn't played it for anyone. And I played I played a track and I kind of had to like turn around like I was feeling really uncomfortable and and people were just like we love like you have to make more of that like you know and it was um I hope I can clear some like literal and metaphysical space (laughs) it's so fascinating to me that so I you know come from a classical background and then I moved to New York and got really invested in the downtown jazz scene and I'm so grateful for that but I also took it really seriously and I took myself really seriously and I feel like in that scene, people were taking themselves really seriously. So I felt like that's what I was going to compose. Um, and I did that for a while. And then I got in the biddies, which was this, you know, all girl band. And we were doing more pop stuff. I sort of like toyed with writing things. But then when it was time for me to do something under my own name, that was pop songs, I don't even know if I was comfortable saying that they were pop songs because I was like, what are people going to think of me or what are they going to think of these songs? Like, who who am I and like, who do I think I am? You know, that kind of thing. Or really, probably nobody gave a shit at all except for me (laughs) talking to myself. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate to that too. Although I will say like at the time I was playing, actually was playing this music a lot live and I had like amazing people championing it. like Eric Biondo used to play with me and like Stuart and Matt Bowder and Rob Jost and like I really had like people that were were super supportive and like helping me put this music out there so I 
But I mean, actually kind of a funny story. You can cut this if it gets too long. But No, no, my, I love funny stories. My now husband, Chris Speed, who's a pretty like well-renowned jazz saxophonist, we had we had just met and um, he like uh, my Oscar Noriega told him I had a show with my band and we were going to be doing this music. And like, you know, I knew who he, who he was and had a fan of his. And I was so nervous that he was coming with his friends to like see me see me sing and do this and I mean of course he like loved it and thought it was like charming and sweet but I was I just remember being like oh this like serious person jazzer this like (laughs) (laughs) well it seems to work out for you guys so (laughs) it's interesting too how it's okay to gig but then sometimes it's it's hard Harder for me, I'll say, to put – because a product out in the universe means that anyone can listen to it at any time, whereas a gig just goes into the ether. Well, now everything's probably on video, so it's it doesn't. But back then, you played a gig and it was over, and then you played another gig and it was over, and a CD or an EP or a recording, it, it goes out there, and then you have no control over what happens to it anymore. So I think for me, that was part of it, too, is like, well – it it was easier for me to kind of just gig in the moment and then hide that persona away and it's going to be now, – now I'm invisible. I'll just pull it out yeah. when I want to. But you've inspired me. I realized after I talked to you that I don't even have a, a band camp profile. I have one for like my jazz records, but I didn't even make it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make one. You should. You should. I'm going to follow up with you. Okay. And by the time this comes out, um, it will be it will be ready to go. And I will put that EP up there. It's four songs. I will say I was just I was just talking with Chris though. I'm still guilty of like doing this shit. Like I have like a string quartet and an orchestra. I have so much stuff that has like just never gotten played. <laughs> like oh, it's hard. But it's um, really hard, especially if you're the one that's yeah. that's like paying yeah. to play, you know, hiring the people and doing all the stuff and it's hard. Yeah. So it, tell me about the song Warm Streets. I want to know a little bit more about it. Um, so the song uh, I wrote about um, kind of when I first moved to New York. And um, as you can imagine, the city felt just like really overwhelming. And I, and you know, I, re- I didn't know that many people. And I think when I was thinking about this song, I didn't even have my own place. And that feeling of just gradually feeling like you're being embraced. Mm. Oh, I like that image. Like like walking down the street and just it feeling like home when it didn't at first. Yeah. Um, And I I also had fun kind of um, playing around with maybe some more like traditional like composition. Like this is a very noty song and it's most of it is completely written out and you have to play what's on the page for it to work. But I think what I like about it is I think that – it sound it sounds it still sounds like loose and warm and, and fluid, yeah. but but and like that's I mean I feel like that's kind of my aesthetic in a nutshell mm-hmm. is like I want to be control freak about how that song right. works and how it's together, but I want it to feel like warm and fun. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had a, I had some questions about that. I figured everything was pretty through composed as far as the the lines, the strings, and the you know the flute and all that, but it sounds kind of loose. But I love that you actually kept it so tight that it's loose. Is that a thing? I feel yeah, like- <laughs> I think so. I mean, that's like what yeah. I was going for. Yeah. So. Okay, well, yeah. let's take a listen. This is Warm Streets. Tired body on the day I moved here, I cried. 
love that. Yay. Thanks. And I should say that's Laura Myrock can sing all those backing vocals. Oh, that's so too. cool. She's she's great. She actually lives in L.A. She used to live in Brooklyn and lives in L.A. So <laughs> I love listening to that song after what we were just talking about because no other streets have arms like these, which is true. But then you can also find home other other warm embraces elsewhere. They might yeah. be a little different and look a little different. But I love that you found two homes, basically. Yeah, yeah. What was your process like with the vocals? I'm glad you brought up the vocals because there's. I really also might want to play something later if we have time off of the who. We will stop the worrying. We will do the worrying. We will. Yeah. Sorry, what is it called again? We will do the worrying. Right, we will do the worrying. I always get titles wrong, like okay. always. Um, but so there's your, like neurotic New York Jew. Like, what title would they come up with? <laughs> <laughs> But you're, there's something about the way you approach your vocals that's really unique. And especially because I'm wearing the headphones, sometimes there are these unisons or octaves and then it goes into close harmonies. And then sometimes there's a lot of reverb and sometimes there's it's very close and a little compressed. And I just find your treatment of vocals really, really unusual and interesting. So how did you come about with – what's your approach to vocals? Well, I think a lot because I'm a flutist. Um, so I think a lot about wanting to match my voice with the flute, maybe like I'm really interested in like blending those two mm -hmm. sounds together. So I think like on We Will Do the Worrying, I didn't sing on it. I had um, Afton Hefley sing everything because I knew technically what I wanted wasn't something I was capable of. You know, like I, I mean, I've taken a, some voice lessons here and there, but like right. I, I have a very small range. Like I don't have really any technical like I basically just try to sing in tune and like that's what I can do <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um I uh I'm yeah, glad you're so saying I, that sorry to interrupt but it just made me think that sometimes people think I'm being um really self-deprecating when I'll say I really want so-and-so to sing on this because they have a um a sort of an R&B voice, like, oh, well, but you could do that. Your voice is great. I'm like, I'm not saying I can't sing some things, but that is not me, and I cannot do that. <laughs> like, okay. Just being honest. Just being honest. Yeah. Okay, that's, you know, like, yeah. do, I, do I wish I were a better singer? Yes, but <laughs> I sing every day, and, like, this is what I've got, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good to know what we've um, got. Yeah. <laughs> and to embrace it. <laughs> so I think like a lot of times I'm wanting to do vocal stuff that is maybe similar to what I love stacking flutes and like building chords. And um, so I think of the vocal stuff a lot like that. Um, you know, the, the backing vocals on this, though, Laura, like improvised off of what was already oh, there. So oh, cool. I need to really give her credit where credit is yeah. due. Like, that was you know, really her writing her, her parts there. Um, not, and we will do the worrying like that, you know, every note of that was like very right specific, but, um, yeah, now that we've yeah. mentioned it, I am going to play that later. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually am like really thinking a lot more. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I haven't, it's these past couple of years between having a kid and all this, like, what is it? Coronavirus that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like I feel like I have this like album in me that I can't get out. But I but I'm really wanting to. I I just love like I want to use my voice in the range that it sits and like build around that. So well, one of the things I love about this pop album is that your voice is perfectly. It's just yours. It's you. It's non apologetic. And I was I really into singing when I did when I made it too. Like you know now I um. I have like this side hustle, which has kind of become my full time hustle, like teaching like baby music classes where with all these songs I wrote, like I sing so much like hours right. a day. So I feel like I'm a lot more comfortable singing because I just do it some more. But when I was doing this, I was really spending a lot of time trying to find my voice. Yeah. Um, I always felt really self-conscious about singing and um, trying to just to stop trying to sound like how I thought I should sound and try to sound like me. Yes. Can we just take that quote and just pass it out to everyone? <laughs> because I've been learning that through doing lullaby with Carnegie Hall and that so many moms that we work with want to write lullabies for their kids and, and won't want to sing them. And they'll say, you are working with Carnegie Hall. You sing it. And we'll say, but this is a song for your baby. And 
that's the most important voice that there is. And every person's voice is unique. And I believe that everybody can sing. And those recordings are the most beautiful ones, I think, where they just are themselves singing to their child. And it was such a reminder for me that true, I might not have, you know, come out of the womb like singing opera or whatever, but what you said, I can't even say it as well as you just said it, just to try to be just me and perfectly me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, there's a lot of things I wish I could do with my voice that I can't. Maybe if I really did some more extensive training, I could get a little better, but like, I'm in my 40s, you know, like, I yeah. feel like this is, this is what I can do. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm really wanting to start to build around that. Right. Oh, I love that. I want to listen to another track from this. I want to, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, that, that was it. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to listen to another track off of this album. And what's the name of the album and where can people find it? Oh, this album is called Forever and it is on leopold.bandcamp. Yes, it is. Okay, we're going to listen to the t- uh, the first track called Thin Skinned. express to you how much I love this album. I'm really gushing right now. I'm being very, very gushy. I just, I don't know. It's, it speaks to me. It speaks to me. Thank you. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm feeling like a little emotional, like listening to it. Cause I haven't really. And, um, I, and it's like, yeah, it's like, sometimes it's hard to listen to your stuff, but it's kind of inspiring me to like want to move forward. Yeah. Then, yeah. I've been um I've been doing something every Wednesdays. I do these fake book fake, fake book. That's really funny. Forty and slip. Facebook <laughs> lives every day at one to sort of get over myself. Mainly, I just started it because I needed to get to the piano, and then I was like, I'm just going to go live because I need to not care so much about what people think. Um, of course, I do. I'm always like, oh, is someone watching? Let me turn it on. Um, but I've started doing this thing on Wednesdays called From the Vault, and it's where I just pick up an old writing notebook and I'll just see what's in there. Um, because 
same. I feel like I've grown so much in the past however many years since I've been writing music, but sometimes when you go back and listen to older things or you find an older snippet of something, I'm finding I have a lot of compassion for that person that yeah. wrote that. Wrote that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm feeling. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I like I said, your voice reminds me of, of Debbie Harry's in such a nice way. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's... I, I teach all these classes and sometimes someone will be like, you're like, oh, you've such a nice voice. And I've like literally turned around like, I'm like, who, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more about your side hustle, which seems like an amazing business. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a very unexpected turn my life has taken, but you know, like I had my daughter, Marnie, she just turned five last weekend. And, um, I had all these jobs teaching music, like after school, teaching flute classes and clarinet class, like all this stuff. And I was like, you know, Chris tours all the time. And I'm like, "Mm, doesn't really make sense to make, you know, this hourly rate and then pay half of it to the city. And so a few friends were like, you should start used to start a baby music class. Like we would take it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like I'm not really a singer and I don't have a person. I'm not perky and all this stuff. And, you know, and (laughs) then I just, I, I kind of suddenly did have like an epiphany where I could just, I had an idea for like six songs right away. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a class that I'm going to write all the music and I'm going to like write these songs thinking about, like the future of these kids musical lives like we're gonna build rhythm we're gonna work on pitch like we're gonna do it and it'll be fun and I um so I I wrote like eight songs and I just got a group of people together and tried them out and then I this was like a little over four years ago so like long story short I basically just really built this program where I've written all the music and like now I have like 14 to 15 classes going a week and I have like someone working for me and it's um it's so fun like I I actually, I'll occasionally teach a flute lesson or something. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so tedious. Like, let me just like be with the babies, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and also in a way it's like, I mean, it's amazing for my ego. Like I have people all over the city, like with my songs stuck in their head and like, I get to really be a part of people's lives in a nice way. And, um, mm. and I have like some financial stability I haven't had in the past. And um, so it's been like, yeah, kind of this really cool turn for me as far as work goes because yeah. um, it's really fun and it's 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 exciting to have a business and like see it grow and see people like it. Right. And it sounds like it came about so organically, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> so if you're in LA and you want to take a Leah music class, where can people find that? Um, that's at sweetpotatomusicla.com. Yay. I wish I knew I had a lot of friends with babies out there. I would totally send them to you. I want you to be my teacher and I'm not a baby. I'm an adult. I want to just take your classes. <laughs> um, so did you ever, have you ever recorded the music from that? I, I haven't, um, but that actually, there's like a, re- that's not just my weird like issues. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I eventually want to like franchise it and yeah. I'm like a TV pilot. Like I don't, I know I'm working on all this stuff with it and I, and I um, don't, you know, it's like you release music these days and you've like lost complete control. Yeah. So so you want to control the timing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I haven't recorded that. Um, right. Maybe yeah, there'll be a but, sweet potato music podcast too. Who knows? There is. Anything. There, there is. is. What? There is. What? <laughs> um, there's a sweet potato music podcast. Okay. Tell me more. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I had this idea like about a music education TV show, but it's very hard to get a TV show made. So I was working with two of my friends, Tim Young and Jordan Katz and Tim plays guitar on the Corden show. And Jordan is like session, session, they both just like very interested in production. So they were like, well, why don't, why don't we make it a podcast? So I kind of rewrote there's five episodes and they are like highly produced. Like they take months to make it. So it like, it's there's, you know, and like Reggie Watts is on them. Like oh there's like, it's, it's really cool. And each episode has a theme. So one's about like major and minor and like, mm-hmm. how can how do you hear the difference and like what technically is happening? And like, one's about like dynamics, like forte and piano. So um, I, I like, you know, I, I, I actually have like a minor in English. And I think if I wasn't a musician, I probably would have, 
gone into the other lucrative field of writing. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but um, but I love writing these. And um, so, so yeah, it, it takes us a really long time to make them, but there's five episodes and it's called Sweet Potato Music. That is so exciting. Yeah. yeah I'm I really feel proud. I'm proud like, of them. I kind of feel like it's, it's a little undiscovered. Like I think, I think it's really good and not that many people know about it. So. I can't wait to spread the word. I want to listen to this and I'm so, I'm sorry. I didn't know about it before. Oh, that's all right. I mean, I, yeah. I was talking to um, someone else on a, a recent podcast, Jason Rabinowitz of the pop-ups and he started a podcast with the people that's like Guy and Mindy. They do Wow in the World podcast. Oh, yeah. And they did an, – so they're doing another one. And it's a long name that I can't actually remember the title of right now. But it's also very produced and it just sounded like it takes so long for – because when you're listening to these podcasts, they're so seamless and the production values are really good. You don't often think about how long it takes for it to sound like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I have all these like voice. I mean, actors on it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a lot. It's you know, I try to throw people some cast for doing. Like, it's yeah, like, just, yeah. I think this is amazing. So you are a force to be reckoned with. I just love that you've embraced this organic career change that came about. Also, love doing it. Also, making money. It's like win, win, win. And now it just because it came from you, you're just gonna like spread it out across the world like you're I don't know I'm feeling kind of emotional about it <laughs> like <laughs> it's so inspiring you know it's like you're I mean, doing the thing and yeah I guess it's like in some ways I feel a little lost like I've written you know 25 kids songs in the past couple of years but like I haven't but it's just hard you can't do it all right especially I right know. now um well and I think I, as musicians we're always reinventing ourselves and you know, the biddies for a while were doing the, our biddies show, our itty bitty show for Carnegie. And so we were writing a bunch of kids' music. And it was really easy to get ca- caught up in in those songs in that world. And then I had kids. It was super fun. And the kids could come see me. And that, like, isn't it amazing when your own child come and see you and, like, <laughs> dance to your music? And I felt like such a rock star. I was going to play a gig, like, a couple months ago. And I was bringing – I had my flute. And Marnie, my daughter, was like – well, aren't you going to bring your guitar? Like, I might see you. Right. Like, aren't you going to bring your guitar? And I was like, no. She's like, well, why not? Like, you should bring. <laughs> I know. I, I forget sometimes even to tell my kids some of the other things that I'm doing. I assume that they know all this stuff about me. Or either that they know or that they don't know, but maybe they wouldn't be totally interested. <laughs> yeah. And I realized I, mean, I, I just started like playing my flute again when she's home. Like she's just old right. enough now that she can like accept I'm going to like, you know, not pay attention to her and I'm going to go do something else. But like um, for a while, she never heard me. I would only play when she was at preschool or yeah. like, hard. Um, it's, it's really hard to balance that doing what you do and doing what you love and making music. And then you also have a kid or kids around. And you want them to experience like, oh, here's mommy doing what she loves and making music. But also, oh, mommy needs her space <laughs> to do it. Yeah. And then we do all these di- – there are all these different sides to ourselves. I know for a while I would try to do things and my kids would just get really jealous that I wasn't paying attention to them. Yeah, which so, is normal. Yeah, yeah, which is totally normal. But it also – it's like I only have so many hours in the day. Could I just play piano for like 10 minutes, please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we have in common too that like our partners travel a lot. So yeah, like, that's like a different mode. I, I don't know about you, but I go into like a different mode where I just keep everything in my life like very tight and organized. Like, yes. Yeah. It's nice to talk so. to you about that actually because I've been thinking <laughs> there aren't many moms that I currently talk to. I think A, because I'm still learning how to get out there again, <laughs> talk to people after the last two years. Um. And also, I kind of feel like I have to have it together. I just have to have it all together. And then so when my partner goes away, I also keep it very tight. And I keep it so tight, in fact, that I realize who's going to be gone for a long period of time. And I just took everything that's his that's been around the house. Sorry, Ben, if you're listening. He knows that I did this. I just put it in his office. 
And I cleaned so hard. I, I clean. I tidied and I decluttered and I purged and I just made the house a space I want to be in because I'm like – and I think I always resisted this because I grew up in a religion where there were very specific gender roles and part of my rebellion was like I am not going to be domestic in any way. Like, so <laughs> I still don't cook. <laughs> I just never cared. But now it's like I have a very specific schedule for when they are at school. I clean the house every day. I just I turn into this different person when he's away. So it's nice to hear you also say that you have this you keep it tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, like I like when he's gone, I'll wake up like an hour before Marnie does because like I know I want to like sit and drink my coffee. Like it's like I don't want to rush for one hour of the whole day. Like, yeah, it's just like different different rhythms. Um but sometimes when those are like superimposed on you, those different <laughs> You know what's weird though? I, I find that I'm really – I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought. I'm enjoying the schedule thing because as a musician for – I just – well, I'll sleep in whenever possible still. Mm-hmm. Everybody said, you know, when you have kids, you're going to become a morning person. And I guess that's true, but I did not enjoy it. So when Ben's working from home – I just sleep in. I'm like, he's around. Yeah, exactly. It's like my sister once was visiting and she was like, man, Chris is your bitch. <laughs> I was like, well, no, when he's home, he's home. Like, he can go. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, they want to be, they want to be involved. Sure, you know? Fine. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. But then I realized, um, you know, one of my kids was saying, hey, I really want, can you just be around in the mornings? And I was like, what? Like, I, what yeah. language are you speaking? <laughs> like, that, daddy's around. But, yeah. You know, he's getting into work mode and stuff. So I've I've sort of embraced it now. And I feel so dorky saying it because I feel like my friends from college, from like Mormon college would be like, ha, ha, ha. Deidre's finally doing it. Like, she's getting up. She's making lunch. I'm walking them to school. And I'm actually up and out the door. And then I go to this coffee shop and I sit and I plan my day and I feel like, why didn't I ever do this before? <laughs> Answer, because I didn't have to. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. And also it makes me take my own business more seriously because I'm not, you know, sleeping all the time, etc. <laughs> Um, I will do the worrying. So I want to play that song. <laughs> before that, I want to ask what – so now that we're all – kind of getting out there again slowly. Some people, again, you were saying earlier living in New York, it's so easy to look at what other people are doing and think like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're all doing so much. What am I doing? And I feel that now still, maybe I always have here, but the pen, you know, the mask mandates are going to be loosened and it's going to get warmer here and people are starting to do all these gigs and they're touring and I'm feeling really conflicted. Just about all of it. So I'm wondering, yeah. how are you feeling at the end of this pandemic? Oh, I mean, well, yeah, there's like so much going on. I, I'm like, I mean, I really miss playing my flute. Like, I like if if I could have my way, I would just be wanting to like playing on anything. Like, if you live in LA and want some flute, like, just call me. Like, I just want to play. I don't really have anything new to present and like I I desperately am trying to get there you know but like I I mix you know Chris has a gig this week that I'm just so we have a sitter and I'm so excited to be around other musicians and just be out and um yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling good and like excited about being out I mean there's so much rough things going on in the world but like in my bubble here like yeah I'm I I think maybe a while back I would have felt anxious about things opening up, but I feel really I've just started like singing without a mask and my glasses that are outside. So liberating. Yeah. (laughs) My Um, my daughter who's in middle school today, um, she had a voice lesson. They were wearing masks and everything, but then she actually walked home because she couldn't find her metro card. It's like, ah, she just got her student one for the month. Now she can't find it. Anyway, that's what I'll be doing after I talk to you, helping her look for that. But she said, so she walked home. It's a really pretty long walk. And so me and my other daughter were saying like, oh, that must have been a drag. She said, you know, actually, I took off my mask. I'm going to start crying. She said, I took off my mask and 
inside, I started happy crying because I felt the air on my face and I felt what it's like to be without a mask. And I was like, wow, I hadn't thought really of how much this affects them. And I know even it's like, I don't wear a mask all day, you know, like I wear it for the hour here, hour there that like I need, but my like little tiny kid does wear a mask all day with her glasses, you know, like, (laughs) and I, you know, she just seems like everything's fine all all the time. (laughs) Like they're happy to be in school and be in person and all this. And just this image of her, like with her heavy backpack full of her, all her stupid homework and books, all the stuff. Just her walking home and taking that off, like with her eyes closed feeling, it made me so emotional. It's like, I think it's really going to happen this time. I think we're really going to. It feels different. It feels different. Yeah. I guess time will tell, but. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) We've been doing the worrying for too long. That's my segue. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to play this, this piece of yours because it came out in 2016 Mm-hmm. And it's super different to what we just heard. So I think as people are learning, there are many sides to the Leah, Paul. We've got the mom. We've got the kids musician. We've got the flute player. We've got the chamber composer. We've got the pop person, the vocalist, the ukulele player, all the things. Mm-hmm. So this album completely intrigues me. And I really want to know the process behind it. If it's just, is it straight, just orchestration and composition? How did you approach it? Yeah, I wrote, um, I I think the process behind this one is like objectively maybe a little interesting because I, I wrote all of it like on a, on a score, like on Sibelius, even the vocal parts. And I had no words and I had no idea what any of the songs were going to be about. I was really trying to think about like blending the flute, the flutes and the strings. I wanted everything really like texturally, cohesive and like that's what I was thinking about and I knew I wanted there to be words but I was trying to like not let myself get hung up on it because I didn't want it to slow me down so I wrote like an album's worth of stuff and then it's like okay I need words but I don't want to just like I mean you know like writing word writing lyrics can be like so tedious and and so I I started to just think about try to get like a little kernel of something. So I'd ma- it would maybe be some like recurring dream I had or something that like, you know, happened with my mom as a teenager. So I just I try to find some kernel of something and like really um, have some brevity with it. Like, this is all I have to say. And okay, I don't have anything else. We'll just do vowel sounds here. Like, fine. I don't need to force, force it. And um, I think it, I think it created kind of this like nice dreamy, feel to the album and a lot of it's vague and um I know what each song is about and it's not a secret like I could tell you you know but like um uh also like for me what was really rewarding about this album is I released it when I was very pregnant and um I I actually got like a lot of like really nice press on it and that was something I had never really experienced like I think maybe I felt a little unrecognized and John Schaefer talked about it on, you know, new sounds and like the LA times got like, like it got like some people listened to it and like, and said nice things about it. And, you know, like right before I had a kid that was so meaningful to me um, and kind of gave me a little bit of peace yeah. to like move forward yes. <laughs> my, my journey. Um, but, but John Schaefer called these art songs and I, mm, I like that. Them that way, but I was like, yeah, I, I, I kind of like thinking of them that way. Yeah. Um, I like that too. I love that. Um, let's listen to We Will Do the Worrying. I'm sorry. I have to pause this because my cat is like knocking <laughs> over the microphone. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go.
Gorgeous. Thank you. Wow. I don't know how that comes, all that comes out of your brain. (laughs) (laughs) It's so layered. Uh, It helps me to, um, it helps me to write it, like you to see it visually. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you start to... with? Do you start with a melody? Do you do you have some harmonies in mind? Do you start with certain instruments? Um, I kind of just I kind of start anywhere. I usually start with some little melody, and I I do think my I maybe have like a natural inclination for keeping like lots of counterpoint and stuff straight in my mm-hmm. head. Um. But uh, do, seeing it, being able to visually map it, mm-hmm. map it, it, I don't know, for being a, a musician who uses my ears, I think, like, whenever I, I'm trying to write some stuff now and have it be a little more improvised and I really struggle, like, I feel like I always really need to see everything. So, yeah. like, having the score set up with all the instruments laid out, um, I can write pretty quickly that way. And it's, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to like do it another way. And it's really hard for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to try to do it your way. And I think that would be really hard for me. Let's just do a Freaky Friday. Yes. Switch brains for a day. Have you ever scored a film? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I've worked a little bit like freelance as an orchestrator mm-hmm. out here. Um, and I was definitely really interested in doing that when I moved out here. I right. like became a little like it's an intense yeah. group of people out here that do that. <laughs> I can only little. imagine. <laughs> well, I, I, but I do think your music is so cinematic that it would lend itself really well to somebody just scooping it up as is and putting it in nice. any of their, <laughs> their shows. I would love to score a film. I just realized I didn't like have the patience to like do all the kind of like grunty assistant things people do yeah. before they get to like score films out here. So yeah. maybe one day I will, but um, thank right. you. <laughs> Sure. Score a film of my life. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've been so – it's because it's late at night over here or something. I, don't, I feel so loopy. I'm, I'm just kind of feel really giddy talking to you in a way that I don't normally. So I apologize if I came across as a little bit um, super fan, but I can't help myself. I'm just, well, I mean, honestly, you know? it's really nice. I, I feel <laughs> like I'm so immersed. I'm so busy right now, like, with my business. Um it's been really nice to talk to you and kind of get my head back into like being an artist. Yeah. Um, that's I really why I'm there. Yeah. That's talking. why I do this. Cause I just, I talking to other people helps remind me that I'm also an artist. Like I can make lunches now, but it's not all I do. <laughs> <laughs> my kids would probably argue that I actually can't really even do that, but we'll let them be the judge of that. Well, Leah, it was really wonderful to talk to you tonight. You Thank too. you so much. Nice catch up and yes. so out to me. Yeah, and I can't wait to hear what you do next. I'm going to check out your podcast for sure, and I'm going to put links to everything. Oh, thank and you. thanks for celebrating. Back on your band camp. Oh yes, okay. What are you, what are you going to call it? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I could just call it Deidre Rodman Struck. I don't know. Yeah, that's that probably that's probably not taken. It's not taken. Maybe I should just go by one word, like Madonna, like just Deidre. Deidre. That's a good one, Nate. That's, I mean, if you're... Yeah, right. I'll reinvent myself. (laughs) (laughs) I play for um, some kids' theater classes, and there they call me D on the Keys. So they just are like, hey, D on the Keys, will you play that for me? (laughs) So I can call it D on the Keys. Yeah. But no, I'll probably just go... Or maybe Deidre Struck. I don't know. I have to think about it. Ha- See, I haven't even thought about it. You're you're asking me to think about it. That's good. It's good. I will think about give it. You yeah. Yes. By the time this is out, I will. It will be up, and I will know what it is, and I will let everyone know. <laughs> and if I don't, <laughs> you can find me. But I want to give you a challenge too, though. You should get one too. Okay. So, what's something that you want to have done? This is going to come out on March. I think the third the third Monday of March. So we have a couple of weeks. We're recording this on the first of March. No, I really don't know. I mean, I know what I want to have done, but I don't know if I can have it done by then. Well, let's pick something outside of the box. I'm going to fade this music out because now we're talking about this and I want to know. So a challenge for you. How about you just become friends with your flute again? I like that. Okay. 
I've been, I actually found, we were like cleaning out our garage and I found all these old method books and, um, and I've been playing through them and it's been so, I don't know if you've experienced this, but since become, becoming a mother, like different things are fun. Like playing like technique exercises. on yes. Super fun. Like I find exercising fun. I never really used to think it was fun. Like, yeah. I thought you were going to say like <laughs> making things out of glitter, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also fun. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like you go to music school and you're like, if I have to play one more scale, you'd never want to do it ever again. And then yeah, you suddenly like sleep walking, just going through the motions. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, uh, me too. Is, it's like, yeah. I'll play that scale. You want, you know, and, and you wanted me in grad school to play those in thirds and tens. I'll do that now. I'll yeah. play you a B major scale in thirds. You know, it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really satisfying because you're connecting with your instrument. I realizing as I'm talking to you and I just faded the music out that I totally forgot to ask you my rapid fire questions that I do at the end oh. of every episode. Okay. So I'm going to do that. All right. I'm now worried that I gave you a task that might be too easy, but I think it's good because you can determine what becoming friendly with your flute means, you know? Yeah. You can like hang out a little bit. You could go on some dates together. I don't know. I don't want to take it too far. Okay. Okay. So what is, who is, I've drank way too much coffee and Dr. Pepper. Who is someone you're currently listening to? Um, Huh. What am I mean? I've been listening to like a lot of comedy podcasts. <laughs> Ooh, like but what? I'm, so I think I'm driving around. I'm driving so much right now. I mean, nothing. I'm nodding like I understand, but I don't. But I'm nodding. Yeah. Oh, I mean, a Tignataro has a really oh, so good funny. like advice podcast. Sometimes I was nothing like artsy and cool. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. I just watched. Um, have you watched those Netflix specials with Ali Wong? No, but um, my sister told me I should. They're so funny. I they're they're just so they're so naughty and so funny. <laughs> um, let's see, what's a concert that you've seen in your life that made a difference to you? Um, oh, that's a good question. It's like hard to answer fast. I know. Um, I mean, I was just thinking back to how. When I was in college, I went to amazing concerts all the time, you know, because it was a big college town. So, like, I saw a lot of, just talking to someone, how I saw James Brown. Um, I was, like, really, um, yeah, like, special. I feel like I got to see a lot of really special people. Yeah. When I was younger. Um, That's good. Yeah, Um, I can't think of, like, one. No, that's good. I feel like people always give me a hard time about these end segments because they they're really they're, it's well, hard yeah I don't answer them I just make you answer them yeah. Yeah. um who is a bucket list performer or musician or artist that you would like to work with someday oh I don't know um oh I really I really don't know um am I, am I allowed to not know you're allowed um, to not know okay you can think on that for what's next in your life as far as somebody okay. you you want to work with. Okay. Say I, yeah, I really like to work. Yeah. I'm feeling like I really want to work with like a really awesome, like upright bass player. I don't yeah. have any particular cool. mind, but I'm, all right, yeah. cool. Yeah. What is a piece of advice you would give a young composer or songwriter? Um, I would say to try to always be making something at any time because time just goes by and um speaking from personal experience it's just very easy for all of a sudden a bunch of years to have gone like I feel like in general I've been pretty prolific but um yeah just just always try to make something and also try to like have your day-to-day life like find yourself don't like put off happiness you know like yeah, that's a really great statement really hard it's really hard especially if you live in an expensive place um but try to find like a day-to-day life situation that feels okay to you. Yes. Agree, agree, agree a thousand percent. Okay, that's the music for real. <sighs> Don't put off happiness. I really like that. Especially because as we've seen, all of a sudden everything just stopped. Yeah. And forced kind of a reset and a reevaluation. And you just never know 
what life's going to bring. So yeah. present moment, beautiful moment. I've really enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> the stops and the starts and the crazy questions <laughs> and our assignments to each other. Yeah. And um, I look forward to talking to you again. And uh, everybody can find me at thesonginside.me. You'll find me on Facebook Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And that's it. Remember, until next Monday, there's a song inside everyone, including you. <laughs>